The Major League Baseball postseason is here. Alongside former Major League pitcher Josh Towers, I'm Scott Seidenberg as we preview the Major League Baseball postseason right here. Brought to you by pregame.com. And Josh, the regular season has come to an end. Your overall assessment, the new rules, the pitch clock, the disengagements, more stolen bases, overall Full regular season of baseball. What's your takeaway? How did you enjoy it? <laughs> uh, it was definitely different. There's no question. I think the one thing that I enjoyed the most, and I actually, I mean, I didn't see it happening, but the one thing I enjoyed the most was the stolen bases. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, the way the rules were implemented, all it did, the way I saw it, was make it easier for me to hold runners. The base, really? The bases were irrelevant to me. Um, yeah, you mean the, the base size, the base the size. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Just, I just thought it was easier to hold runners. Like you just you allowed me to dictate the pace of when I rushed to hitter or when I didn't rush to hitter, and you allowed me to dictate the pace of when the runner actually goes from first. I thought. And I don't think pitchers use that enough to their advantage. Mm-hmm. I think what happened was, and we're you know we live in a world of followers. We're big time followers here in the United States, and and I think that once people said, "Oh, it's easier to steal bases," people just kind of went with that. I thought in spring training, the way uh, like Scherzer and the boys manipulated the, the rules, that was beautiful, and it was making an embarrassment of Major League Baseball for even adding some of these rules that didn't need to be added. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the season starts, and we go away from those, which I thought worked beautifully, and it frustrated hitters. I mean, you had strikeouts looking, you had guys stepping out at the wrong times, you had guys not knowing what to do. But we, like, I don't feel like as pitchers, we put enough time into that aspect. We get so caught up in analytics and the radar gun, and we just want to throw the baseball, and we... We have this physical gift, so this rely on that instead of using the mental gift that makes you an actual major league baseball player and, and, and sustains like a career. And so I think the good ones still knew what they were doing. I think the general consensus of the rest of the guys, they didn't, and they allowed the base runners to just run wild. So I thought it was preventable. With that said, we have been lazy in baseball for a very long time. And watching Corbin Carroll and watching uh, Acuna and watching De La Cruz and watching these kids come up. And actually say, like, why wouldn't I hustle? Like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't I try to beat out an infield seagull? Why wouldn't I want to steal second? Why wouldn't I want to do all the stuff that I felt like is a lost art in baseball? And watching them do that, just, I thought, brought life back to the game. It brought life back to young players out in our communities. It brought fans, I thought, back to the seats. It just it wasn't this, this boring, robotic, Toronto Blue Jays style of offense where we're just going to try to hit doubles every time, and if we don't score, you oh well. Like it, it, it's it was just a beautiful thing to see. So I mean, again, some of the rules I think are are crazy, uh, unnecessary. I don't understand the whole you can pick two things. Like it, again, I thought I can use it a lot, but I just it it was for not. Like, what's the point of it? Like, and then the thing that threw me off the most too is like watching. I, and I use the Jays a lot because I think I probably see them the most. Is let's shift right? Let's let's shift and take my third baseman way off third base. So then I let the runner run halfway down the line. And then Bassett doesn't want that to happen. It's because he scores on a routine ground ball mm-hmm. or anything, right? I mean, there's a million reasons he can score a pass ball that kicks away more than four feet probably. Uh, and so Bassett steps off and runs at him, and there's nothing he can do. And it's like, why don't you just put your third baseman back where he belongs? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And leave your shorts up there. Shift. I don't like. It doesn't make any sense what they're doing. And so it did. It just frustrates guys like Bassett who didn't take the time to maybe sit down with everybody and or. Um, maybe just ignore the situation itself. I don't know. It just, it prevented some problems that didn't need to be prevented. I think internally when the, when the teams didn't 
fully understand the rules mm. or what they should do with it. Again, you saw multiple different ways to handle it. But again, the overall consensus, I'm not a fan, but I'd love that stealing bases is back in our game. Now that we head towards the postseason, do you think the pitch clock becomes an issue? Because another thing that's beautiful for pitchers. And I mean, you talk about giving me an, the ultimate gift of helping me succeed and you gave me a pitch clock and we don't know how to use that either. Hitters, their tendency is to swing. It's not to take. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing about us as athletes and maybe even in life is when we're rushed, we react. We don't pause. We react. We feel like, oh, what, we have to do something. You know, take off running. Somebody's going to follow you for no reason. They have no idea why you're running. They just start, what, what's going on? And they take off. It's the same concept. So you give me this gift of this pitch clock to where the hitter has to rush in the box. He doesn't have time to process the last pitch I threw. He doesn't have the time to process what I may do to him. Like he's rushed to hurry up and get in the box and swing. And so on somehow, some lines like just reacting is a very good thing. But these hitters, like if you ever see pitchers who take 20, 30, 40 seconds, not 40 seconds, it's a long time, but 30 seconds, mm -hmm. it's a high-scoring game. You lose the umpire, you lose your defense, and the hitters have time to control the pace of their bat. They have time to, to remember and think about what you did last time. They have time to process that pitch and what it was and what may happen. You give them too much time to collect data. Also, maybe the time actually adds to the pressure. Like like the crowd, it, it's the playoffs. It's the most important bat of the game. Uh, you're, you're in the batter's box. BJ the Ryan. crowd's going loud. You're the pitcher. You're focused in. And then it's like you take your time. You step off. You're getting on the same page with your catcher. And all that time, the batter is just like the pressure is building up for the guys that can't handle that pressure. Maybe that time is the enemy. Maybe they would rather have, you know, the pitcher get up to their step on the rubber and the pitcher, the batter step in the box no, and throw that pitch. Not really. Like, I, yeah, not I me, mean, maybe one or two guys, but no, in general, no, it's not. That's not how it works, right? They, I mean, we've been doing this too long, right? And there's too much information on this. Um, and again, Giving them too much time just allows them to process. They sit on the other next circle now, and they look at iPads. They look at their mm -hmm. last at bat. When their at bat's over, they go underneath the tunnel, which is right behind the dugout, and they look at all the videos. So they're collecting this data. You're giving them time to reprocess what I've done to them so many times. I'm trying to think about every guy in the lineup multiple times, and they're just worried about their one at bat and what I did to them and my tendencies or what my tendencies may be to a similar right-handed batter to them. So I'm taking that away from them, and I'm putting them in a position to, as soon as they get their feet in the box and their hands ready, I start to go. Well, as soon as they're not done with their waggle or whatever their mm -hmm. little thing is, or their batting glove thing, and, you know, Jeter taking four years to get ready, they're not they're not time to go through no more doing this thing. They don't have time to process any of that or do any of this. And so they feel rushed to their routine, and so they would get pissed off. But, again, when you're rushed, your reaction is to just swing. So then the, the strike zone expands. It doesn't shrink. It mm. expands. And so it's a very good thing for me. Again, those guys who take forever, give them time to process everything. Oral Hershiser always said it. If he threw 110 pitches in a game, he really threw 220 because he visualized what he did before he did it. And mm. all of us know who golf or do anything, that second player is always better. Because you had you 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 took that information and you reused it, and also, it's almost like there's less pressure because you've already done it, so it doesn't have as much value. Yeah. So then you're more relaxed. Mm -hmm. To your pressure thing, BJ Ryan always used to say, uh, former closer in the big leagues, BJ used to always say, the only thing he's ever seen pressure do is push water up a hill, mm -hmm. like it didn't exist. And to the good major league baseball players, there's no such thing as pressure. And all of you fans in the stands, fifty thousand people, we don't know you're there. 
we don't. I mean, we might check out some women every now and again, <laughs> like something like that for fun. We might look to see where our family members are, something like that. But as far as acknowledging fan base, we don't know you're there. Like, I'm so locked in on the mound to my catcher and to that hitter and what I'm trying to do in that umpire. And I'm having these conversations with my defenders, my infields nonstop. And I'm talking to guys when they're leading off second base or whatever. Like, there's so much. I'm so locked into my job because it's so difficult at what we do because those guys are so good that we tune out everything else in that stadium. And, and I've noticed it more from, like, I've always known as a player, but going back as a fan and seeing how the, the game is looked at from a fan's perspective and how, you know, all the pregame stuff and the concourse and the stores and, and outside and coming in and getting – like, we don't know any of that exists. Like, that's a whole different world to mm. us. Like, you guys in the seats, again – you're not there to us for the most part. But with that said, if you're not there, it's boring as heck. I mean, yeah. we need that noise and that chatter and that excitement, and we need the, that all of that to create that adrenaline. But, no, you, it's, it's, it's a whole different world. And that pitch clock, I'll make this a little longer. Coming up to the Baltimore Orioles organization, Sid Thrift was our farm director. And we had this thing, and we didn't know what it was as kids, but he, it was this 12-second rule. And so Sid Thrift implemented this 12-second rule to us pitchers that if you throw a pitch, Whatever the result, make a swing and miss, make it a call strike, it's a good pitch, whatever it is. If you throw that same pitch within 12 seconds, the chances of getting the same result were like 90 to 95%. Wherever they got this information from, I don't know. We weren't privy to that. We were just told to do this. So we just learned how to work very fast. So I'd always work fast as a pitcher because that's how I was ingrained in baseball was to just work fast. I had another coach that always said, get them out of the box in three pitches or less which is very important to them. And that is a lot of value in that as well. So when you just get the ball, 15 seconds to me, I can process the whole world. I can process the whole game. I know everything I threw to you, not only your last at bat, but last on my face. I mean, I'm processing the entire situation, who I got, how many counts I'm going to hold, when I'm going to hold, what I'm going to do to the hitter. I mean, it's, it's an eternity for me when you study this. And I'm used to, to working that fast, both physically and mentally. And so I'm rushing the hitter. So not only do the games get done faster, but the scoring becomes down. You're always in the game. You give yourself an opportunity. You give your defense. They're always on their feet. And if I have established the strikes on early in the zone as a, as a home team, then I got the umpire on my back where I want them. Right? So there's so much value in it. And I didn't realize this until later on, and I started looking at all this other stuff. So then when Major League Baseball implements this clock, I was like, oh, this is gorgeous. Hmm. But a lot of people haven't known this yet. Yeah or haven't thought about the different ways to utilize it. So when you talk about not knowing that the crowd is there and, and all the, the things that lead into postseason baseball, does that make you favor the players and the teams that have been there before? Yes, always. As opposed to, you know, maybe a young team like the Orioles. I know we've talked about them a lot, but there's a lot of who players who have not had the experience in the postseason. Well, let me set the postseason bracket here right now. So in the American League, the Orioles are the one seed. The Astros are the two seed. So the Orioles will face the winner of the Rays and the Rangers. The Astros will face the winner of the Blue Jays and the Twins. So all these division winners have like, basically a week off? Not all of them. It's the top two seeds. Top two seeds. Have, have, they don't play. The, AL, the, the division series does not begin until the 7th. Um, in it, that's when the division series begins. So a reminder with the new wild card format, the wild card series is a best two of three, and it has played all three games at the higher seed. So Blue Jays will be at the Twins, Rangers will be at the Rays. Winner of Blue Jays Twins will play the Astros game one in Houston. Winner of Rangers Rays game one in Baltimore. In the National League, the Braves and the Dodgers are the top two seeds. 
It's going to be an all NL East affair as the Marlins take on the Phillies in Philadelphia. The winner will face the Braves, and then you'll have the Diamondbacks at the Brewers with the winner going to L.A. to take on the Dodgers. I don't want this time off. So, yeah, the Orioles, Astros, Dodgers, and Braves will not play until Saturday, October 7th. Wow, that is way too much time off. We, I mean, again, as baseball players, we we play every day. I want a day off every now and again to reset everything. But we need to play consistently. And for starting pitching, like, we already have four days off out of five, so we want to stay on routine as much as possible. So then what are we going to do? We're probably going to inter-squad every day just so the pitchers can get their pitches up, get some innings under their belt, get some situations. So that's what most teams will probably do this next week. Um you know, a little bit of rest here. I don't like it. And then the other thing is, is Baltimore's so young. Mm-hmm. Their coaching staff is so inexperienced that I think there's going to be, you know, Bradish might be dealing through four, and he might get pulled in the fifth when he gives up, you know, two-out hit or something like that. Like, it's just going to be something where I don't think that they're going to go to that bullpen a little too early and be relying on too many guys. I think that you're going to see some teams play different style of baseball than they played in the regular season, which always kind of throws me for a loop when you win 101 games. Mm-hmm. But I got a feeling that's what's going to happen. I don't feel, and, and, and trust me all who's listening to this, I'm rooting for Toronto. I root for Baltimore. Like that's, I mean, I root for these teams to win. But I can't see Baltimore maybe winning a game. Tampa Bay has everybody's number in that division. They're just built different. And then Texas is loaded all the way around. And if Texas wins that series, you're coming off a series where you beat one of the best teams in baseball in the Tampa Bay Rays, and you're going to go into Baltimore, who's been sitting around for a week. I don't know. I just think I think Baltimore is in a bad position here with this one. Yeah, I think momentum. Exciting, though. The stadium's going to be rocking, by the way. Well, last year, look no further than the National League. Uh, we had the wild card team in the Phillies go all the way to the World Series. In fact... The both wild card winners in the National League last year and the Padres and the Phillies went on to the National League Championship Series. So both the Dodgers and Braves didn't win the right. Division Series last year. In the American League, it was different. The Yankees and the Astros uh, both won and uh, advanced to the ALCS to face each other. But yeah, I always favor the teams that are coming off the wins. So you look at the teams in the wild card series, you think, okay, if the Blue Jays, Twins, Rangers, Rays, or or Diamondbacks, Brewers, Phillies, Marlins, they can carry momentum, especially if they're facing teams that they're familiar with. Like the Phillies and Marlins will have an advantage playing against the Braves, the, the Diamondbacks when they face the Dodgers, you know, the, the Rays against the Orioles. You face a division opponent in the playoffs. I mean, that, that's ultimate familiarity. Uh, so let's yeah. go through these series. I'm going to give you the series prices and we can talk about the potential pitching matchups that we know of right now, what we can expect. The first series will get underway. Everything starts tomorrow, and it'll be the Rangers at the Rays. Not sure what the Rangers are going to do with their pitching situation just yet. Can I say this real quick? Yep. So you look at uh, the D-backs. I don't, I don't even know how to say the kid's name, um, but he wouldn't traditionally be – the guy who started in game one for the Arizona Diamondbacks. How do you so say Brandon Fott. Fott, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. And then you got Lazardo and Wheeler. Now, Lazardo's been fantastic, so maybe. But what they're doing is they're keeping their guys on rotation. And it's the best thing that you can do if you want to get the best out of each individual player. It looks like the Rangers and Jays are trying to set their lineup. So somebody might mm-hmm. go on too many days rest or not enough days rest. 
instead of just going with who's up next. Yeah. That'd be the best play for those two teams. So, so here's what we're looking at. So the Rangers at the Rays. The Rays are the home team for the three games. The Rays are minus 155 for the series. Rangers That's plus fair. 130 on the comeback. Game one, the Rays will go with Tyler Glass now. Uh, no word on what the Rangers are going to do with their rotation yet. Uh, and we know the Rangers rotation has just been decimated by injuries. They're a little uh, messed up. I would expect it to Wait, be. Who's, who's been the injuries? Because Jacob Grom's never really been a part of that team. Yeah. And Max Scherzer's Scherzer. never yeah. really been a part of that team. Okay. So they're both kind of irrelevant, right? Well, Yavaldi was hurt for a while and then right. he came he's back. The, he's the one. Mm-hmm. And he's back, right? But Scherzer, they borrowed him and then he got hurt. So he hasn't really pitched. Yeah. I mean, John I mean, Gray was is banged up Gray, a little bit. He's that. So the, the guys that have been there all year. Pretty, like a little bit more important. I mean, you're looking at it's, it's probably what Yavaldi, Montgomery, Dane Dunning. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. Dunning's been great. You got to trust those guys. You Haney, trust him you on the straight. Who pitched yesterday? So he's out on this one. Yeah. I think. So here's what you're looking at. The Rays are gonna go with I Dunning. Dunning, maybe. I think yeah. They should, yeah. It'll be Glass now in Game One. I would assume. Again, you never want to assume, but I think it'll be Glass now, Savali, Eflin in in or Glass now, Eflin, Savali. That's probably what it's probably be Glass now, Eflin one and two. That'll be the schedule for the Tampa Bay race. I would assume it's going to be Glass now, game one, Eflin game two. It's going to be a whole bunch of bullpen. That's what it's going to be. Okay. Or the, <laughs> I mean, they're built they they're more, that way. They're more built for a three game set, anyways. Yeah. Compared to a seven game, because they've never really had five starters, I don't think, ever since Kevin Cash has been there. Mm hmm. Uh, and that's what they do, man. They use that bullpen so well, and those guys are all very, very good. I mean, you're always going to see a lot of pen out of Tampa. Mm-hmm. If Glassnow gives them five, that'd be, you know, they'd be happy. I would prefer to see six or so, but, yeah. Um, you get ready for a lot of dudes that they're hard. Yeah. And game one, again, we're not sure of the situation with the Rangers uh, right now, but it looks like the Rays, the price right now for game one, same as the series, minus 155. For the Tampa Bay Rays in Game One with Glass now on the hill, yeah, and I and I think for for Texas, like take that one run. I mean, you're kind of built like Toronto, where you guys have a lot of dudes who you think can hit homers, and you sit back and kind of try to jump ship a lot. Tampa's not that obviously. I mean, they they put a lineup out the other day. Tampa did, and I think the three hole hitter was like the one hitter who might have had twenty and eighty or something, right? And every other hitter, every eight other hitters. We had zero or one home run mm-hmm. and like two to six RBIs. One had 30 and one home run. Like they were all hitting up like a hundred or something. Like the eight out of nine guys you'd never heard of, maybe just got called up. But Kevin puts them in a position to hit one, two, four, five, whatever. And he puts them in a position that's like, yeah, I know, like your numbers aren't good or you just got called up or yeah, whatever. But you're going to be my three hole hitter today. You're going to be my two hole hitter. You're leading and out. Do your job. And they respond. So, and they won that game and they do that a lot. So, you, so if you guys ever try to bet Tampa based on looking at their lineup, don't get fooled by that. Yeah. He's so good at putting these guys in a position to succeed. Yeah, do their Just play. job. My point was Tampa, uh, Texas, play, take that one run, take that two mm-hmm. runs. Like those are the, those become valuable when you face a playoff team like Tampa, who's been down the road, who has a lot to learn from what their past experiences were. And you, you again, you can under, like, you look at a lineup like that. If I, if I showed up at the yard that day, arrogant ego, I showed up at the yard that day and look at that lineup and I look at the numbers. It, I almost at times don't put as much time going over it with my pitching coach and my catcher. Hmm. Ah, we kind of got this, right? You n- don't do that. But, you know, it's easy to do. And then that team moves them over. That team steals. That team plays with this energy and this excitement. And then they're built on pitching. So what they do do is they do take that one run, that two runs, because they know their staff is going to keep it to within three majority of the time. Yeah. And so Texas almost has to, depending on who's on the bump, alter their style just a little bit. 
you got to let the game help dictate how you're going to mm-hmm. play. And I worry about all the Chapman. If they if there's a game if the game's close late, and they got Chapman on the mound, postseason we've seen him fail multiple <laughs> times. I'm not exactly confident that Chapman closes down the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa because we've seen we've seen that story before. Uh, let's take a look at the next series in the American League: the Minnesota Twins minus one twenty over the Toronto Blue Jays. I like Toronto a lot in the it, series. It's going to be Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, games one and two for yeah. uh, Minnesota. For Toronto, it'll be Gosman in game one. I assume nothing's yeah. been announced yet, but it'll be Gosman game one and then Bassett, Barrios in that order. I like Toronto in this series. Um, again, their starting pitching staff has been, it's the deepest, but it's arguably been the best. You know, Yusei Kikuchi has done a fantastic job. He's mm-hmm. somebody we've talked about. Um, you know, you're talking about Ryu who hasn't gone past five and in essence sounded like he did bad. He hasn't really done that bad. I haven't thought, I mean, this guy's a guy who I have all the confidence in the world to handle the ball in game one. I know he's not on pace to pitch game one, but he's that good. I just think their starting staff is they're all veteran guys who can go seven innings, can go deep in the game, can set the bullpen. My, my, my fears are the bullpen. Jordan Hicks and Genesis Cabrera should not see a ball. They should not see an <laughs> inning in the postseason. If they make the roster, I'll be shocked. But I know he does 102 with Jordan, so they might. But I, those guys seem to give up runs every time. You can't rely on those guys with pressure on there. They haven't done it in, in the situation yet. So I, I don't know, man. I like, The bullpen is use Miza. Uh, Romano, obviously. Romano's your closer. Um, I mean, you have a few guys that are really good. I just – I hope Snyder – uses the bullpen better than he has. Mm. That is my fear late in the game because if he starts pulling these starters too early, then he has to use Genesis. He has to use these guys that haven't got the job done. That's, that is a fear of mine. Let the starters dictate the pace of this game because they are that good. And then again, the offense, like the one conversation please have is about base running. <laughs> like if you clean that up even a touch, if you put your pride away just for the postseason, Toronto becomes one of the most dangerous teams out there. I'm not in love with Minnesota's bullpen. I think Lopez is unreal. Um, but we've seen him get throttled this year as well. I think Sonny Gray's had a great year, but they never really let Sonny go deep either. And then the offense for me for Minnesota is not very good. And they're going to have to do the same thing. They're going to have to scratch and claw for that one or two runs. I just I think matchup-wise, I think top to bottom, I think the, the Blue Jays are a much, much better team. The Twins have lost 18 straight postseason games. They have not won a playoff game since October 5th. 2004. Where was I that year? I was in Toronto. They beat the Yankees 2-0 in uh, that game. The Yankees won the next three games to that series. And who, who pitched it? Probably Johan. <laughs> and, and you know what's, you know what's <laughs> crazy is that like it just seems like they were lining up with against the Yankees like every year, and they would they just were. lose. Um, Big-time favorites going into Yankee it, Stadium, blow it. Yeah. They lost 18. It just seemed like it. It's not just the longest streak in baseball. It's the longest streak in all of American professional sports. Um, eighteen. So you imagine the pressure on these players. Like if they if they have you a know lead. Where, you know where that pressure would come from is if any media personnel is talking about it. If yeah. they're listening to you and me talk about mm-hmm. it. Otherwise, I would never know that. It's irrelevant to everybody in that locker room. Like the first press conference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you guys feel any pressure now? You know that the organization hasn't won a, a postseason game. It's now nineteen straight playoff losses Somebody after losing game one here. 
Yeah. And then you're going to have someone saying, yeah, thanks for letting us know. Uh, so that's the Blue Jays and the Twins. And the game one line is uh, Twins minus 115. But I think if Gosman gets announced, once he gets announced as the game one winner, we might have a little change. The money might come in on Toronto. Uh, let's stay in the American League, okay? And then let's let's go through this bracket. So you like the Blue Jays over the Twins. I agree with you. History is history. I'm not going to buck that. I think the Rays beat the Rangers. And going into the division series, let's say it's Blue Jays, Astros, Rays, Orioles. Who do you got? Oh, the Rays will beat the Orioles for sure. Okay. I'm pretty confident in that. Um, This season, this season, Rays against the Orioles, you know, American League East division. And I know the whole balance schedule, you don't play as many division games as as you used to. But they went five and eight against the Orioles this year. Oh, they did. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. So the Orioles took care of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. good for them. It's about time to change that guard, right? That's why the Orioles are in first place. Yep, and won their division compared to what they usually do. What was that then? Orioles. Uh, how about? Mm, that's impressive. So the Orioles versus teams with a five hundred record were fifty one and thirty nine, and on the road this year, the Orioles were fifty two and twenty nine. It just lets you know how young they are. <laughs> That's so funny to me. The Rays had this ridiculous um, thing this year where they... Wait, name a veteran team real quick. Can you just give me one veteran team? The Astros. Astros. Let's see what they did on the road. 51 and 30. It was the Astros that had this stat. Let me read this to you. The Astros are the first team in baseball history to finish a season below 500 at home, home. but 20-plus games above 500 on the road. That's crazy. Yeah, you don't see that too often. And, of course, your brain immediately goes back to the cheating scandal right at home. And then <laughs> on the road, it's just like, just react. And, again, so, like, it just shows you that when they're just playing baseball, mm-hmm. they're very, very talented. Uh, the more I think about this bracket, the more I can't get away from the Houston Astros. They've been there before. It's the been there, done that mentality. They fought all the way to the end. And, and, yeah. And, and they wind up winning the division, which is ridiculous. Astros are the favorite in the American League, plus 185, more so than the Orioles, who are plus 290. And if those two teams matched up in the championship series, I mean, Baltimore has home field, but the Astros, we just mentioned how good they are on the road. Astros plus 185, Orioles plus 290. Again, I just I can't get away from the Astros to, to win the American League. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm trying to take my heart out of it, but I— I want the Toronto Blue Jays to go to the World Series so bad. Blue Jays are so tough. plus 700 to win the American And that's the thing. I, I feel like on paper they match up equally to every team in the division. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they play as good a baseball as every team in the division. But they also are that dangerous as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, let's say they match up. Let's say... Let's, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm. This is tall. I mean, I for me, I can cut Baltimore out. I yeah. can cut Minnesota out. I can't really cut Texas. I can't cut Tampa. Mm-hmm. Mm. If Toronto winds up playing against the Orioles, this in in the let's say it's the uh, they would play them in the championship series in the ALCS. So Toronto wins against Houston, uh, wins against uh, the Twins. They get by Houston, then they face the Orioles. Toronto this year went three and ten against Baltimore. Yeah, that's definitely see that. Mm-hmm. 
That's 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 wild. Uh, the Orioles. I mean, it feels the, like the, the just feels the, like everyone's disrespecting the Orioles. But again, it's the postseason. It's a different animal. It's the postseason. Zero of them have really been there. The staff hasn't been there. They're very very young. There's too much time off in between. Um, Toronto is 43 and 50 versus teams with a 500 record or better. So Toronto seven to one to win the American League. If you like that, but wild card series Toronto even money. To beat the twins. Let's go. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a uh, celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much, maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink, and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between 2 and 6 NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Over to the National League. First wild card series will be the Brewers and the Diamondbacks. Milwaukee having the home field advantage in this one. Here's what we know. Game one, Corbin Burns against Brandon Fodd. And then the Diamondbacks will have, uh, I assume it'll be Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly. And then the Brewers will go with, uh, if it's Burns in game one, you got to imagine. Um, Woodruff? Woodruff. Yeah. I guess you go Burns, Wood, Peralta, Woodruff, or Woodruff, Peralta, whichever way that they decide to do um, their rotation there. But the odds are heavily in favor of the Brewers. They're the second highest favorite of all I don't see the that. wild card series. I think that's crazy. Brewers that minus 180, Diamondbacks plus 150 on the comeback. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's tough if you lose game one. So I know it's going to be stacked up against Arizona in game one. 
Fought's going to have a short leash. We know that. But it's not like Milwaukee's so not built to win in the postseason. They're just not. And the way he manages in the postseason is just it's just so, so different. And he's going to pull those guys early and some reliancy again on the bullpen for a lot. And the offense doesn't fear me, although the offense is pretty good. Um, I think this these two teams are a lot more – they're a lot more equal than what we give them credit for. But, I mean, I'll take Zach Gallon and Marin Kelly versus – almost any matchup in baseball. And so the Corbin Burns, the Brandon Woodruff, that's a great one-two punch as well. I mean, yeah. what, uh, dude, if Fott wins, if they can win this game. Against, if it's some combination of like Fott and. Flip. Yeah. If it's, it, let's say, oh, if they win, it's if over. they win game one, because Gallon goes game two yeah. against Woodruff, and Gallon, give Gallon the advantage over anybody. And then Merrill Kelly Peralta, I think, is a wash. I think they're, uh, they're both very. But how has Peralta been doing? And he seems like he's had a lot of like time off as well. And they haven't let him pitch the way he should pitch. I feel like they I feel like we haven't heard his name all year, mm. is what I feel like. Let's see. Uh he's twelve and ten, three eight six. He's always good. He's one of my favorite guys in the game. Yeah. He does what he does. I want him <laughs> to go to a team where they'll let him pitch. So I I think Diamondbacks, if they can pull out game one and beat Corbin Burns, Zach Gowan in game two against Woodruff, I go Zach Gowan and, and the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I that, like it. That would be that would be a lot That'd of be fun. be a great game. Yeah. And then... Low scoring, boys. Phillies and the Marlins. Phillies are heavily favored. They're the biggest favor. Minus 190, the Phillies are against the Marlins in this series. Why? And the way that the Phillies... Because uh, they'll have Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. Or, or Wheeler in game one, Aaron Nola in game two. It's Wheeler against Lazardo in game one. And the line for game one backing Zach Wheeler is minus 166. And then game two, it'll be Aaron Nola against Braxton Garrett. Who's been awesome as well. Garrett's so been awesome. we know their names as well as we know mm-hmm. the other two guys' names. But when we talk about pitching and what they've done this year, they've been really good. Philly and Philly against the Marlins this year, uh, they went... Let's see. Philly against the Marlins. I don't think it's six a, and seven. I don't think it's as big of a wash as we think. I think there's a lot closer series than we really think. Mm. Could be. Here's what I would say. Have about all this, the experience. The Marlins have played god awful baseball for the first six innings of every game the last <laughs> week or two. And then somehow they snuck in a win in like the eighth or ninth inning. And that's not going to be able to continue. It's not sustainable. They got to clean up. De La Cruz, what he did the other day in a game and how he was even considered to be in the lineup, let alone in the lineup the next day, blew my mind. But this dude didn't hustle on a ball that was hit. It drops. He doesn't hustle home on a force out of second where it pulled the guy off the base. He had to swing back and tag the guy. He still didn't score from third, so the run didn't count. It was in the Mets series. He did two things in one inning that cost him the game. They barely snuck in this playoff by one game. They're fighting for playoff championships, and this guy's dogging it out of the box Mm. and dogging it from third base, and they cost him the game. Cost them the game. It almost cost them their series. They needed help, and they got it. So to have guys like him and Berger at third base who can't move, he bends over the waist, he seems to be very lazy. Those two guys have cost them so many runs and put them in such bad positions the last few days that if they don't clean that up or maybe take those guys out of lineup or alter some format of that, this, they have no chance. So that's where they really need to clean up their look is those two guys in particular because that can't happen. You're not always going to score in the eighth and ninth inning. It's not going to happen consistently. Not against playoff teams. Not against the Phillies bullpen. No. When you know when Kimbrell's locking it down in the playoffs. All those dudes. Yeah. Uh, I think I like the Phillies over the Marlins and then Phillies Braves. As 
as much as I think the Phillies are alive and have a chance and can do something, and we saw it last year, right? We saw them go all the way to the World Series. The Braves this year are are just a monster. They're an absolute machine. And I think that stack, man. I think that, you know, it it it's it, it's square. It's absolutely square. But I just I can't see the Braves losing to anybody. The Braves are one plus one forty five to win the National League. I can't yeah. see them losing four out of seven games. How is this Braves team losing four out of seven games to anybody? You don't ever get a break with that. You don't breathe. When I look up, somebody else is up at the plate that can do some absolute damage. And then on deck, there's another guy. And then on deck, there's another guy. And then, oh, my God, Acuna's back up already? Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's how it is when you're on the mound facing that team. And then their pitching staff is obviously really good, even with the break. And, again, you know I don't like breaks. Mm -hmm. That team is so stacked. They're so loaded. They never really sat anybody. They let everybody play all the way through. I don't know, man. Like, they had a couple obviously hiccups and they just kind of used everybody and all the 25th man guys and stuff like that. But outside of that, I just, there's teams where you see again, the Baltimore Orioles, some of the best teams in baseball, 101 wins come in. They're the most dominant team or one of the most dominant teams and they lose quick. I can see that happening. This Braves team. I just, I can't picture an outcome where they lose. I can't. And, and I'm just looking through the Braves schedule this year. There was one series earlier in the year uh, they got swept by the Astros, right? That was in April. They they lost and they they so they lost four straight games in April. They lost one game to the Padres and then they got swept by the Astros. Later on in the year, there was a four game losing streak. They lost two games to the White Sox, two games to Arizona. It happens. They had a three game losing streak, two games against Chicago, one against uh, Pittsburgh. They had a three game losing streak, one against the Dodgers, two against St. Louis. They lost four straight games, Miami, 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 Philadelphia. That was uh, in September, though. Season's over. Correct. So this is a team that doesn't stack up losses. No. I can't see them losing four of seven. Uh, Again, I know it's uh, so square ball, but the Braves have been the favorite for a reason. But if there ever was a team that we've seen in the last how many years that is square, it's this one. They're incredible. They're so good. They're absolutely incredible. They're so good. So if it's Braves... Dodgers. Do you think? Well, first off, do you think the Diamondbacks or Brewers can beat the Dodgers? I think there. Might, I think there no. could be a chance. I don't think the Diamondbacks. I'm sorry. I don't think the Brewers. They're not built to beat anybody in the postseason. They prove this every year. They win their division every single year. Almost. They get in the postseason and they lose. I, they're just not built that way. Uh, they're not beating the Dodgers for sure. I think. I think Arizona's scrappy. Again, they do some damage. If Corbin Carroll gets on first base to lead off the game, he scores. Mm-hmm. Tuki Toussaint put on a display of how you do not let somebody like Corbin Carroll score and how you hold runners the other day. But the rest of baseball, I haven't seen that all year. So if he gets on, he scored. That's for sure. And then you 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 give them the lead. It's a difference when you're playing with the lead. I think that they're more alive than anybody. I don't think the, the Diamondbacks are. I don't think the Brewers are as alive, especially facing a team like I, I just have Dodgers. so many concerns about the Dodgers pitching in the postseason because yeah, it's – they're per- a team. They, they do this every year. They don't have the same guys every year. They do this yeah. every year. They always win. Like, dude, Kershaw he, game one, Bobby Miller game two, and that's matter. it. It doesn't matter with them. They, it does, I mean, it, they, they, they know how to play baseball as a team. Mm. They, like, they play – they break this game down into sections. They break this game down into innings. They break this game down into 
whether it's defense, whether it's offense, whether it's moving, whether it's starting, they, they break it down differently than everybody else. They, dude, he, Dave Roberts always has this team prepared to win in some format, some structure. They have not been the same team every year. Every year we get this Dodger team wins 100 games, and they picked a different way of how they were going to win games this, this season. They're dangerous, man. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. We've gone through all of these series. We've previewed uh, a reminder. Game ones will start tomorrow. Rangers at the Rays. Uh, Tampa minus 155 with Glass now on the mound. Blue Jays at the Twins. Twins are a slight favorite with Pablo Lopez on the mound. Corbin Burns will start against Brandon Fodd. Brewers are minus 180 over the Diamondbacks. Zach Wheeler will start. Jesus Lazardo goes from Miami. Phillies are minus 166. Let's go through the bracket right now. I want you to quick tell me who wins these series, and we'll go one by one and come up with the World Series winner from Josh Towers. Blue Jays, Twins. Jays. Blue Jays. Okay, Blue Jays, Astros. 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 Rangers, Rays. 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 Rays, Orioles. Rays. Rays. Rays, Astros. Ugh. Rays, Astros. <laughs> Probably Houston. Houston. All right. Diamondbacks, Brewers. Yeah, I'm, I'm popular. I'm going Diamondbacks. Diamond, Diamondbacks, Dodgers. Dodgers. All right. Phillies, Marlins. Oh, my God. I don't know. You got a coin? Phillies, Marlins. God. Phillies, Marlins. No. Give me an answer. Phillies. Phillies. Phillies, Braves. Braves. Braves, Dodgers. Braves. Braves, Astros. Braves. <laughs> Braves are your World Series champions. Where have we seen that before? <laughs> Braves, Astros. Did they win it last year? Who won it last year? <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, the Braves are the World Series pick. Oh, that can't happen. Let's do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's I, Honestly... Sometimes in the postseason, I want to see Toronto win it. I really do. Yeah, but it's nice right. to see, like, um, you know, to see an upstart get there and, and see what happens. But the best of the best separate. It's a, it's 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 different than other sports because of the four game series. I mean, seven game series. You have to win four out of seven. It's rare that the worst, the the lesser team wins four out of seven. It takes yeah. a lot for it to happen. Yeah, these it takes walk-offs. It takes comebacks. But when you are a dominant team, you you likely will win. And if you have dominant pitching and, and the Braves have it all, and that's what – listen, there's a reason why the Astros have been to – what is it? One, yeah. two, three, four World Series in the past what, five years, whatever it is. It, it, I think we're going to get a rematch. It'll be Astros against the Braves. Once yeah, there's again. certain teams like Tampa. They're built for three-game sets. They're not built for seven-game sets, but they'll figure it out. Like, they're going to air everybody out in this series, right? There's teams like like Toronto's built more for a seven-game set because they have five or six starting pitchers that can absolutely dominate mm -hmm. a game at any point. So it's it's slightly – Houston has a few starters who can dominate a game at any point. They're built for a longer series. Like So you have to factor in all that stuff as well. Yeah, and the, and the Braves are built for everything. I mean, the yeah. lineup's incredible. The pitching's incredible. They have it all, uh, whether it's, you know, Strider, you know. Um, I mean, I guess what's the situation with Freed? Is he going to be available? Be the um, he's pitching right. a simulated game tomorrow. Yeah, he's not available. They're hoping for another series for him. But then it's Well, no, like... he, the game he's not going to be till Sunday. I mean, it was just a blister. It was just a blister. I mean, he's been fine. So blister on his index finger. How much does that affect the pitcher? A ton. Yeah. I know it sounds weird. It's like, oh, it's just a blister. But it's on my throwing hand. The ball mm -hmm. comes off my fingertips at the very end. Like, you're talking about pressure. You're talking about ripping the skin. You're talking about – and if it bleeds, there's nothing I can do. I can't technically – can't go and super glue it or put any glue on it to hold it together because that's illegal, right? So when they're checking my hand and they see something on it, now mm -hmm. I'm discarded. So I can't put it – now, back in the day, I could. 
I remember coming off the game one time in Baltimore, and I had one of those on my middle finger, and it split open in the game, and I was, like, rubbing it on my uni. And I called my train to the mound, and he looks at me, and I was like, can you put something on it? And it was so, it was so beautiful. He looks at me, and he's like, Josh, run and TV right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think I can put something on in the middle of the field? And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about it. So I had to go get off the field. I had to go try to pitch out of that. And again, nobody wants blood on the ball. But I tried to pitch out of that, and then I went underneath, and we covered it with super glue. And then every night after the game, I have to scrape it off, try to heal it, and do it again. It was not it was, they can't do that. They check our hands every inning these games. So if that's split open, I have to completely wait till that's healed. Otherwise, like I'm not going to be able to spin my breaking ball. I'm not going to be able to do all the things I want to do. Like it's such a petty injury in life. But when it comes to my throwing hand of a baseball, no, it's going to alter everything. That's crazy. So we'll see. I, I would assume Freed still goes game two, but maybe it affects him. Yeah. And maybe it'll affect They'll him. They'll have somebody to back him up, too. They're yeah. a lot of starters. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to, before we get out of here, go over my preseason predictions for Major League Baseball this year and get your thoughts on them. We'll see how they did. Uh, and I'll just quickly, before we get to the awards, I did my projections before the season of who would win each division based on wins. And let's go through them real quick. See uh, how maybe you can make fun of me, maybe not. Maybe I was right on certain things. We'll start. In the... Well, the good thing is I might not even know how uh, how they ended. Well, here we go. So don't tell me the end yet. In the American League, I took the Yankees to win with ninety four wins. Oh God, did you really? I was wrong with that one. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean to win with ninety over ninety three? I... Yeah, I had the Yankees projection. Oh, wow. I had the Yankees. Did you not look at their roster? These were my projections. I had Yankees at hold on, 94 hold on, hold on, wins hold on, hold on, in first hold on. place. When I say, I want you to tell me the first player that comes to your head when I say Yankees. Aaron Judge. <laughs> That's it. That's no, it. No, honestly, I thought that it would be a better season for them. I thought the pitching would. How? Would, because the Yankees. Outside think, of Aaron Judge, you have Josh Donaldson, Giancarlo, not Donaldson, Giancarlo Stunt, and you have LeMay, who I love. Yeah, the, the lineup, everyone got it's hurt. Awful. The lineup sucked. No, it doesn't matter. There's no depth. You have you have Rizzo. You have a whole. That's why I said I expected the pitching to be better. I expected Rodon and Montas to come in and be good. And everybody thought that lefty yeah. who had a good year before was going to be good. We're all good once. I what understand. was his name? That he didn't play this year, really. Oh, Nestor Cortez. That dude. Yeah. Everybody thought that he was going to be great, yeah. right? Like it's like again, like like you have to be honest. Like this is one that it's not hindsight. It's twenty twenty with this one. Like I would have tried to take your wallet at the beginning of the season if I knew you're better. <laughs> well, here's- do you know how hard it is? To win 94 games in the big leagues? Mm-hmm. The Orioles had one of the best seasons they won, 101. 101, yeah. How many teams made the postseason they won 84 games? I think there's two or three. Well, the Twins won 87. They won right. their division. Um, it's not. And then, 94 and then that, is a ton, yeah. dude. And then Diamondbacks won 84 and, and made the playoffs. Uh, Marlins won 84 and made the playoffs. Uh, I was right on the Blue Jays, though. I had the Blue Jays finishing second in the division with 89 wins, and the Blue Jays finished. With 89 wins. So I'll, I'll credit myself for that one. But I had the <laughs> Orioles finishing in last place. I, and... I, I would have been on board with that for sure. I just, again, if you look at their, their roster and you look at their starting pitching, and again, at the beginning of the year, you had, and he's a good friend of mine, that's why I follow him so closely, but you had Yusei Kikuchi as your sixth starter. Like that, again, I can't emphasize the importance of that depth. Mm-hmm. And then you have what's-his-name have an awful year who they thought was going to be their ace who we haven't even talked about, Alex Manoa. Oh, Manoa. Oh, Manoa's He's trash. somewhere, right? Yeah. But they had him, who was supposed to be their ace, really, and then he dies, so you have this depth to come fill in. The sixth starter ends up winning 11 games or whatever he mm-hmm. won. He was a huge part of this team. Like, I would have been on board with that for sure. In the Central, I had the Guardians winning the Central at 85 wins. Yeah, I wouldn't have been, I would, that was I wrong. Would have been okay with that. Yeah. Uh, in the West, I had the Astros winning with 92 wins. Yep. The Astros won with So one for one. One for three in the, uh, in the American <laughs> League. 
In the NL East, I had the Braves winning with 92 wins. I think you won that one. So I won that one. Not the win total, but I had the Braves winning. In the Central, oh, goodness. Oh, you had to pick the exact number? I was. These were my projections for win totals. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. Uh, in the Central, I had the Cardinals and Brewers both finishing with 85 wins and the Cardinals winning the division. And I, I wouldn't have been mad at that either. What <laughs> happened to that team? I, well, they're Does it show out. you how good Yadier Merlin is? Does yeah. it show you how good Buster Posey is? These catchers don't give much like credit because their offense. Buster Posey is a Hall of Famer. Yadier's a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Those guys hold so much value to winning baseball games and what they do to this team. You take both those guys out and look what happened to their teams. Yep, uh, I had the Dodgers winning the West with ninety-three wins. Tied with the Padres at 93 <laughs> wins. Padres finished with 82 wins. Very, wow. very wow. disappointing. Okay, so here's my awards tickets. And none of these are going to win. But it's not like I was far off. My American League awards picks. My MVP was Jordan Alvarez. I love him. Now, Jordan Alvarez. I love him. People might make fun of me he for that selection. Hurt. Exactly. Or Bryce. Jordan Alvarez this year only played 114 games, okay? Played 114 games. Alvarez finished with, uh, let's see, 31 homers and 97 RBIs. <laughs> if you yeah. if you, you could pick him every take year. those stats, 31 and 97, take those numbers, and he batted 293, so right around 300. Take those numbers for 114 really games, and let's make him play 150 games. He's hitting close to 40 home runs, mm-hmm. maybe 41, 42 home runs, and he's got 130-something RBIs. Yeah, 30, um, yeah. If Jordan Alvarez finished with 40, 42, 130, he's right up there for the yeah, American League MVP. So that's not that terrible of a bet. My Cy Young, Shane McClanahan. Now, I got that at 11-1. to 1. McClanahan gets hurt. Before he got hurt, McClanahan was going to win the Cy Young. I mean, Garrett Cole had an amazing year. But before Shane McClanahan got hurt, he was – off the charts this year. He was off the charts last year. Well, we yeah. knew he wasn't going to win it last year because we knew Cashy wasn't going to let him pitch deep the rest of the season. This year was slightly different. McClanahan, when he got hurt, finished the season, uh, winds up this year with a record of, let's see, he was, had an e- 115 innings pitched, 11-2 and record, 3-2-9 ERA, and he had 121 strikeouts in 115 innings. Which is low for him. Yeah. Honestly, last year he was 12-8 and eight with a 2-5-4, and he finished sixth in the Cy Young voting. This year, 11-2, 3-2-9. We'll see. He's good, man. He would have he would have finished He's in so the top good. of the voting. My rookie of the year in the American League was Marasaka Yoshida from the Red Sox. I know it's going to be, what, Gunnar Henderson, or the, or the, the Orioles, is going to win. Um, but Yoshida's had a great season. So he'll finish second in the voting, third in the voting, you know. So I don't think I was uh, that crazy with, with with the voting of the American League Rookie of the Year. National League, my MVP, Xander Bogarts. We're way off. Yeah, yeah, but I get it. Nice season. I expected the Padres to be better, real, really good, and I he was a hundred to one. Yeah, no, I'm okay like, with that. Are you getting mad? Because you're going to grab a couple different plays at that point. People getting mad at me at a 101 player? Who's winning it? Xander Bogarts, by the way, finished this season batting 285. He had uh, only 19 homers, so yeah. not a great season. It's just a tough place to hit homers. Yeah. It's, it's such a pitcher's park. My Cy Young Award winner in the National League, Zach Gallen. 
Got him at What's 16 to 1. Which was close. He's going to finish second, third? Third, probably. Right? It'll be Blake Snell, Spencer Strider, Zach Gowan, and Justin Steele. Yeah. Those are the four guys. Yeah. All right. So swing and a foul tip on that one. Yeah, I agree. And my rookie of the year That's was. That's why they're so hard. Yeah. And my rookie of the year was Kode Senga. Kode Senga had a great season for the Mets. He was probably the only bright spot for the Mets this year. It's just like other, and it's just, other guys showed up. Like Corbin Carroll. Carroll. Corbin Carroll's every a runaway. Of, yeah. He's just amazing. All time, yeah. But if I told you that the Mets signed a pitcher from Japan who had never pitched in Major League Baseball before, who by the end of the season, because you got rid of uh, Verlander and Scherzer, would be the ace of your staff and would finish the year 12-7 and with a 2.98 ERA. So good. So Are you kidding good. me? Yeah, he did. He did have a really good year. He's he's probably going to finish second or third in this in the in the rookie of the year voting behind Corbin Carroll. I mean, Corbin Carroll's a shoe and he won already. <laughs> but uh, I think Corey Senga, twelve and seven with did a two nine eighty ERA. The season that that was like the first time in Major League history what Corbin Carroll did with like the 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 home runs and the stolen bases. Mm. It was a ton of stuff, man. But like again, run. It adds yeah. so much value to your mm-hmm. game, and he got rewarded his rookie year. They gave him hundred mil right out of the gate. I mean, these, it's a new age of baseball. You have Acuna being a 40-70 club member. <laughs> 40 homers, 70 stolen bases. I don't care what you say. These The kids from Venezuela are different. They're different, man. And you know what? This is a, this is a kid who watched the Braves win a World Series without wow. him, and now he's that much more motivated to win a World Series. I told you. Um, so I have a ring with the Yankees from 09. Mm-hmm. And uh, AJ Burnett was on that team, but AJ Burnett was on the team with the Jays with me for all those years, and he won a World Series with the Marlins, I think, in '03. And Allen always said uh, he showed this ring off, and he always said he didn't earn it. He said I, I didn't earn this ring. It, like I don't, it doesn't have that much value to me because I was out almost all year, if not all year. And so the Yankee ring meant so much more to him because he was a part of that team. Mm. What he did that whole season, what he did coming down the stretch, what he did in the postseason. Like he was, he wanted to earn it because he tasted it before, and he didn't, he didn't feel like he earned any part of it. So then you fast forward to Acuna, and he did play half that season, so he had a lot of value in that. Yeah, of course. But he wasn't there for the postseason. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you guys, when like I I sat at home for the Yankees and watched the postseason, right? I was never going to be on that roster. I knew that I was never a part of that team, and I was just this backup for two months. It doesn't hold as much value i mean as cool as it is as much as respect as i have that organization like i didn't earn that ring all those other boys did i mean it's cool to say i have one but i understand the value in in feeling whether you earned it or not so acuna like yeah he's he's gonna be a little bit more possessed i don't know how much more possessed you can be after what he did in the regular season yeah. but he's just so good it's the game's just easier for him yeah and you know it's uh you can bet let's see can we bet the world series mvp right now I don't know if there's any long shot odds on the World Series MVP right now, but I would do Acuna right now. He's probably the favorite anyway because the Braves are the favorite right now. World yeah. Series odds, Braves plus 310 is your favorite. Astros, your second favorite at plus 450. Dodgers plus 450 as well. Orioles 7 to 1. Rays 10 to 1. Phillies 13 to 1. Blue Jays and Rangers 16 to 1. Brewers 17 to 1. Twins 20 to 1. Diamondbacks 30 to 1. Marlins 35 to 1. Oh, wow. <laughs> No respect. No respect. Uh, if you had to take one long shot. Tampa. Tampa at, uh, what I say Tampa was? 16. 10 to 1. 
Oh, they said 16. Tampa at 10 to 1? Or the Phillies at 16 Phillies to 1. Phillies at 13 to 1. Yeah, somewhere in there. Your Blue Jays, 16 to 1. Yeah, I want them, but it's more hard, right? I, I think that they I think they can easily scare a lot of teams. I just don't mm-hmm. know if they have the discipline to win close games. Well, we'll see it unfold. The Major League Baseball postseason gets underway tomorrow. Four games on Tuesday. It all starts with the Rays hosting the Rangers. Then you'll have the Twins hosting the Blue Jays. And at night, the Brewers hosting the Diamondbacks and the Phillies hosting the Marlins. For former Major League pitcher Josh Towers, I'm Scott Sandenberg, reminding you you can save money at pregame.com if you use the promo code RACE20. You just have about another day or so to use this promo code. RACE20 is going to get you 20% off at pregame.com. You know what? I'm feeling generous, Josh. Let's go. Let's give people another opportunity to save 20% because maybe they used the promo code RACE already. Maybe they didn't. If you didn't use it, use RACE20. You get 20% off at pregame.com. But how about use the promo code RING, RING20. Want to get that World Series ring? Yes, sir. RING20 will also get you 20% off at pregame.com. For Josh Towers, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Enjoy the early part of the Major League Baseball postseason. We'll be back to recap it all next week, get you set. Or actually, before this weekend. And we'll get you yep. set for the di- yep. the divisional round. So we'll let the wild card round play out. We'll have another pod episode coming out prior to the start of both the ALDS and the NLDS this weekend.